This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. <laughs> Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning. Professor Ward Scott here in the Warthog Manly Man Cave Command Center inside the Mellon Law Studio in the Piney Woods of North Central Florida with a promise of rain to come here. We don't think we'll lose power or the internet, but you know, well, we got backup systems. Um, we don't think it's going to happen, but who knows? You know, after all, there is all this violent climate change going on that could disrupt radio waves. And I don't know, you, you, it, it, the list is endless. But uh, here we are right now on the Words God Files. Appreciate all of you who tune in and uh, live at this time. I check you out on um, the Mellon Law Hotline, which is 352-325-3938 or the Facebook chat. And, of course, some of you uh, watch later on the day on Spotify. Um, and you also watch live right now on YouTube. So far, they haven't canceled us for anything we said. Um, and also over on Apple Podcasts. So, and at the wordscottfiles.com website, <clears throat> where we keep everything archived. Well, we've got um, so many childish things we're talking about. And I'm punning on childish uh, things here locally that I just have to comment on them. Um, I'm never, I never, uh, it never ceases to amaze me and not just me, but many people in this community at the childishness of our uh, county commission. And I suppose the infantile behavior of the city commission, which is even worse than the county commission, because it has two more people on it who can mess up the conversations and reduce them to um, insignificant uh, dialogues. And uh, a lot of them talk to hear their head rattle. But in the county commission, um, they really have taken it upon themselves as just five little piddly commissioners to take a war with the governor and the Florida legislature. Last time I checked, the Florida legislature vastly outgunned uh, the Alachua County Commission. And if you want to get an idea what it would be like uh, if you continue and single member districts don't pass for some reason, uh, you're looking at it. Um, you have the most idiosyncratic commissioners, kind of one agenda, you know, one item agenda. This Mary Alford, I think, has always been bat crazy, uh, <clears throat> fringe person. Uh, you know, you, you name it, the whole package of uh, woke stuff and, and uh, climate change stuff and LGBTQWXYZ. Meanwhile, the roads, last time I traveled on them, have more potholes than ever. Um, just in, in inane conversations. Uh, and what's really worse is these people are making 85 grand a year for a part-time job. She's one of them. Uh, it's disgusting. And there's nothing much you can do about that. It's set at the state level. Each one of these commissioners is paid in proportion to the population they govern. Uh, and that's another whiz kid deal. Uh, who who would have thunk it? But anyway, we've got these people who are <clears throat> just over in a silo and uh, <clears throat> beat the drum for just their particular interest. They are no more politicians than they are 
a fireman, they uh, simply want to um, wake up whenever something comes their way that is their pet peeve. And um, that's what we have an example of with this uh, behavior of the uh, county commission over um, the, the bill that says, uh, don't say gay, gay doesn't appear anywhere in it. Uh, a left winger has invented that um, brand, that title, and then is um, um, dispensing this propaganda that that's what it's all about when there's all sorts of parental discussion that's gone into this and, and, com and, and complaining and saying, listen, I'm, I want my kid to, and you have to understand this is a very, very um, uh, kind of um, brainiac kind of concern. Uh, you have to have a certain level of luxury uh, before you can be concerned with these kind of issues. Uh, if you're just trying to plod your way through the human condition uh, and, you know, you want to somehow have a chance, a fighting chance in the world, first thing you do is learn your letters, as we say. Uh, you learn the alphabet and you learn how to manipulate all the ways that the alphabet can go together. And you learn your numbers and you learn what a decimal point means. And you, you start very basically, and then you start thinking in those simulation models, one using a numerical system, the other doing an alphabetic system. And then you hopefully get in the hands of some good teachers who um, start with that. I can remember one of the very first things that my, one of my teachers gave me to do to learn this alphabet world was to draw on a page, uh, just a line. And then what we learned was without any uh, structure, of that draw that line drawn on the page doesn't mean anything. So what we do then is we put a box around that line. And so that's a big day. I mean, that's a very big day when the kid, you know, realizes, hey, I just can't go unstructured here. I've got to have some discipline. I've got to be able to fit into some norms here that are accepted by the society as a way to communicate. Um, although you don't realize it at that age and that sophisticated terminology. But then the next thing my teacher had me do was learn to make that line, have some discipline to it, and touch that box at various places. And then I learned to, to re I realized I could make letters and I could make an S and that line would touch a certain place. It'd be some uh, empty space in the box and I'd touch at the top, a top, touch on the sides, a touch on the bottom. <clears throat> that'd be an S. And after a while, I learned that you could put the line together a different way and you could put a T. You'd have a line across the top and a line straight down. And gradually you put together the alphabet. And, 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 and that all, then you can take away the, the training wheels. You take away the box and you can draw and it's basically in the beginning drawing, it's printing. Uh, and you print the S, uh, the S and you print the O and all this business. And then you learn, and this is where, you know, you've got to have your, uh, you got to be thinking cap on. You learn, we, we go left to right in our culture with those letters. We don't go right to left as some languages do. We don't go uh, up to down as some languages do. And so we have to, and for left-handers right away, you realize you're at a disadvantage because you look around, you talk about discrimination and all the deaths in the room are for right-handers. So you're awkward and you're uncomfortable and you're sitting there in a desk that's built for a right-hander, but you're a left-hander. And um, initially, of course, uh, they always tried to get the kids to switch over to the right hand and uh, conform. And of course, my mother wouldn't let that happen. 
And, and so, you know, I'm left-handed writing and left-handed throwing, kick right-handed and bat left, uh, right-handed. It's interesting. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, um, there, you, there you are. And then we begin to arrange these letters from left to right. Uh, and, and, and then we begin to understand that uh, accepting community understandings and standards of how those letters go together, we can make words. And so we make S-T-O-P. And we learn we, just with those four letters, we can make a lot of different words. S-T-O-P, P-O-T-S, T-O-P-S. Uh, you know, there's some things we start learning by shifting those letters around. Meanwhile, there hasn't been one mention of look down and see what you got, Johnny, if you think you're Susie. There's not been one mention of that because we're really doing the work of the world. Okay. And that's getting ready to compete in a world uh, that is going to be manageable if you can manage thinking and critical thinking skills. So we learn that we can make different words. Now, these are only single syllable words. And to talk about a syllable is really an advanced discussion. I have uh, taught forever and, and uh, stu students don't know what a syllable is. A syllable is a single burst of air. So if I say, huh, that's one syllable. If I say, uh-huh, that's two syllables. That's two bursts of air. And if I de-emphasize one syllable and emphasize the other, I really am going to strain the brain. And that's iambic pentameter because we can measure the sound and the rhythm of the sound. So if I go, uh-huh, that's iambic pentameter, one unaccented syllable and one accented syllable. Okay. And then I learn I can make really, if I really want to get advanced, I can say the following, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May and summer's least have off too short a date. Well, what's that got to do with syllables? Let me slow it down. Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Oh, the whole thing is written in iambic pentameter. Wow, how'd that happen? Well, that's Shakespeare. That's how that happened. And you can see why uh, the English are so proud of their language and so proud of their playwrights and so proud of their poets because that language ends up circumnavigating the world. There is not a place on this continent where English has not been and may still be in some shape or form. That's the power. Never has there been any mention of look down and see what you got. <clears throat> That's not even in the equation. So now we've got a county commission that doesn't have any qualifications in education that I could think of spouting off about what should be taught in education and corrupting and perverting, and I'm going to use the word pervert, perverting the mission of education. I mean, it's disgusting. And then the whole passel of them, unanimously, as I understand it, vote to support this goofy notion and send it up to the governor as if the governor is going to pay any attention to it. You know, the hubris, the, the hubris, here's what hubris is, okay? H-U-B-R-I-S. It is a mortal assuming the powers of an immortal. Hubris. So here we have hubris at the county level, they honest to God must think they are a, a, 
Olympia, Mount Olympia, where the gods sit, where they can proclaim gods and goddesses in a, in a, a pagan uh, culture such as we have in Greek literature. Uh, and they must think that they sit in the clouds above all else in the virtue hall of wisdom. It's ridiculous. We even got little communist, I guess I'm going to have to call him that now, Ken Cornell on record as going over to the school board and lecturing them on why they should keep one Carly Simon, whom it turns out uh, the business he is the vice president of has done 10 closings for, and she owns a piece of property next to him at the lake. So what in the world is that all about? So this is where we are with government in this county. It is disgusting. And when you see somebody, and then as I understand it, I don't watch these things. I can't attend them. Uh, you know, I don't suffer fools anymore very well. So uh, there was quite a number of parents who came and tried to talk sense into these people and say, get back to the business of the county commission. Um, that never apparently happened. It fell on deaf ears and then went ahead and trudged onward with their whole agenda, which nobody cares a damn thing about. And it's just, it's just really kind of amazing. Uh, so I, I hearken back to the, to the days when my elementary teacher took a line and drew it on a piece of paper and said, what does that mean? It means nothing until you structure it, until you uh, commit yourself to discipline, commit yourself to following this whole com concept without form, there is no meaning. That's what should be going on in the conversations. But these people are absolutely bent on uh, violating all sorts of, uh, of, of structures and forms. You know, the one big corruption, the one big perversion is they want to take the birth certificate, what it says biologically at birth, and corrupt it into something that I ain't figured out yet. Now, I ain't the smartest guy on the block, but I don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. Now, on the other hand, I will, un I will venture this to you. In the Greek society, I believe they handled sexuality better. They always viewed sexuality as a continuum. They were very, very masculine males. And they are the ones you see idealized in many of these sculptures, uh, heavily muscled, heavily boned. Uh, and there's a reason for that, which I'm going to get into. And then the, uh, the female was the lightly, uh, delicately boned and structured, idealized, you'll see them. And then all along the way were all sorts of uh, possibilities for this. Now, I'll give you a story about Tiresias, which I've heard. Um, Tiresias is the blind prophet uh, who comes to Creon in Antigone and, try, and uh, tries to convince Creon that he has made a mistake in leadership, that he needs to change his mind. And uh, why is Tiresias blind? Well, Tiresias once, according to one story about the Greek society and mythology, was that he wasn't blind. But Zeus was in an argument with his wife over who uh, uh, enjoyed sex the most, the male or the female. And so he called in Tiresias and said, Tiresias, you've been both a male and a female. This is hence the sexual view of the Greeks. And which one has 
the most pleasure from sex. And Tiresias told Zeus, the female. And Zeus says, that's a wrong answer. You're blinded. That's one story for how Tiresias got to be the blind prophet. The reason you could have insight when you are a blind is you don't, you're not distracted by looking outward. Okay. That's what insight comes from. Being blind to that which is outward, looking inward to see the real truth. Insight. Tiresias has insight because he can't look out after he gave Zeus the wrong answer. So he is asked to be consulted by Creon in Antigone. So this is just a kind of a quick sweep through uh, this issue. But we're not in a Greek society, but the Greeks did understand medically. This was her explanation. I went to a lecture by a classics professor about medical science in the Greek culture. And the medical theories then were that the male stayed in the womb the longest and developed the strongest due to all the particular DNA, which wasn't their term, and therefore emerged uh, this fellow you see uh, in, depicted in many of the statues and in the stadiums and these things. And the female didn't get that particular set of embryonic nurturing and came out less that. But all along the way, there were combinations. So I don't think the issue of look down and see what you got is necessarily uh, unworthy of discussion. But the point of the bill is it's unworthy of discussion in the first three grades. Okay. And this has been completely corrupted, as I understand it, completely corrupted by the Alfreds of the world who are hung up on gayness because they admitted they are. So uh, that becomes the lens through which they look at everything. You would think that an intelligent person could stand back and examine the thing in a great big context and not personalize everything and drag it into the public forum. And that the other commissioners wouldn't be a dupe for it. But that's not the case. We don't have a lot of intelligence in our society because we don't have anybody that I know of that within the sound of my voice right now who can do what I just did in a thumbnail sketch off the top of my head and gave you a sweep from kindergarten to Mount Olympus. All right. I don't know anybody else can do that, can have that conversation with you. So what I am saying is the parents of this culture have gone desperately to the school boards, which have been deaf ears because they've been corrupted, perverted by these critical race theory agendas and these LPGD, when they should be teaching the child about alphabet and numbers and complained. And the governor has heard their complaint and said, hey, if the school board won't fix it, and if the commission has been out in the fields eating too many mushrooms or whatever it is these people have done on the Alachua County Commission, I've got to step in with the help of the Florida legislature and address this issue. This was not something that was initiated from the top. This was initiated from the bottom out of the desperation of people who had lost all ear of people they should have had the ear of. Now, this is all across America. Okay, this is everywhere you look, this is going on. Um, and this is what is so uh, contentious about this country. We don't have any leadership. We don't have any truly educated people. The politicians are some of the dumbest people on the face of the earth. I mean, I, got, I mix and mingle with them all the time. You know, I, was, I, I competed against them. 
Don't ever think that the best candidate wins, okay? It is all about the representation of the ideology that is supporting the candidate. And I, I wish I could report differently. I, I don't know very many exceptions to that. Every once in a while, through circumstances that are beyond the culture's control, there seems to emerge somebody who can rise to the occasion. Apparently, this Zelensky is, although uh, there is some propaganda going on now that he's propped up by Soros. And, and you got to watch where it comes from and all this business because, you, you know, you have to take your due diligence and go back and do your due research before you can come to these kind of conclusions. And the last thing you can study and, and get your information from is the corporate media because it is so gullible. It is filled with, you know, listen, the corporate media is taught in journalism schools by the liberals. The judges are taught in law schools by the liberals. The university is at up with liberal people and very few conservatives. Um, and they perpetuate the conversation. I'm going to document that through the day show. I'm just going to quickly give you some examples. I've done it before, uh, but uh, uh, this is this is this is a uh, this is a this is a quote from this Alfred woman. Most important proclamation that we've dealt with this year is the "Don't Say Gay" bill. Said Alfred, the board finds the "Don't Say Gay" bill is detrimental to the health and welfare of American Alachua County youth. Are you kidding me? Now, I don't mind if she says it. She, I guess she's zany to start. But when the board piles in and, and, and supports this crap, you've got to wonder, why do we pay them $85,000 a year to keep the potholes in the road? And listen, I know and am friends with all sorts of people who have all sorts of sexual preferences because... I just, I'm not the type of person who gives a damn what you do in the privacy of your own room. I mean, as long as you're not strangling somebody or killing somebody, I mean, you know, that's between the adults. But that's, that's, this woman has mixed all that up with the first three grades. I mean, it is really, really despicable. That's my, that's my two cents on that. Now, listen, I did a little research. Where did this start with? You know, how, how do we get this stuff into the main brain of some of these lame brain people. Um, I went back and, and, and it looks as if uh, Biden's day one move, when Biden, when Biden entered the White House, he issued, I didn't know this, he issued an executive order entitled Executive Order on Preventing and Combating Discrimination on the Basis of Gender Equity, a Gender Identity or Sexual Orientation. Um, and the order was made to, quote, prohibit discrimination on the basis of gender identity. Well, that's different. Totally. You know, you know, I don't know. How in the world would you discriminate on the basis of gender equity anyway? I mean, if the guy writing your computer program is is gay, so be it. If the computer program works, you know, that's different uh, from going down in the first three grades and and, and corrupting the mission of the school and perverting. I like the word perverting the mission of the school. Um, this is all about access to health care. This is all about uh, um, equal treatment of the law uh, in terms of job. You know, OK, I get that. All right. Um, but it's it, 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 they have perverted this. And it really nowhere more is it pronounced than uh, in the NCAA. 
This is really screwed up, has it not, women's sports. I mean, it's going to kill. There's a couple of things really threatening athletics now. One is uh, the transfer portal and the name image likeness where everything is for sale and the kid goes to the highest bidder um, and doesn't go there unless he gets a high bid. And the other is this complete erasing of biological identity in the sports. We're not talking about fluidity. We're not talking, listen, there is nobody in Sparta, female, who could compete with the male and not get whooped. Now, how did the females manipulate the males in a Greek society? Because the females could not vote, all right? They did it with their sexuality. Of course they did. And you know what? They didn't want the power to vote. You know why? If a woman has the charms, and what woman doesn't, to get the man to eat out of her hand, why would you want to water that down to one vote? Because these women became incredibly powerful. But they couldn't vote and didn't want to vote. So when you take the vote and you split it up into standardized units, you standardize the power. So here we have got, you know, something nobody's thinking through very carefully. Why would you not viva la difference? Why would you not recognize the power and the beauty and the charm of females as they struggle to compete on a level playing field? Why would you want to corrupt that? Why would you want, here's my word again, why would you want to pervert it? That's where we are. That's where we are. So gender identity, not biological identity of sex, but your perception, I guess, is now sacrosanct. And you don't even have to be converted completely. To, you can be in the process of transgendering. And then you can compete in any category you want, um, despite the biological sex. Well, you can see what this has done to sport. Um, the far left organizations are just like Alfred obviously belongs to, are just clicking their heels and raising cane, loving it. Oh my God, now we can go out. No, you can't. No, you can't. There are things that men can't do that you can do better as women. There are things that women can do better, but you don't want to viva la difference. See, this equal, equal, equal stuff is really, really dangerous. You know, it, 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 it wants to destroy hierarchy. I'm going to get into some documentation of that, what it's done to uh, honors classes. Uh, you know, there's this move now to do away with recognition of your honor graduates because it, 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 diff it makes the ones who are not feel bad. Have you heard this? Makes them feel bad, okay? Because, my God, I can tell you right now who the smartest guy was in our high school. Everybody knew it. The teachers didn't need to test it. We all knew who the guy was. And I can tell you why he was the smartest guy. He came to class. I was always amazed by him. He was a really good friend of mine, but he was so different from me. Um, he came to class with a briefcase. Are you kidding me? And in that briefcase... He had color-coded notebooks for different classes. Are you kidding me? And in those days, in there, he had a 
a slide rule. He had a compass. I didn't even know which end of the slide rule you hold up. He had, if you needed an extra pen, he had one. He had more pencils. He had enough pencils in the thing to supply the class. He sat on the front row. His hair was parted. I could give you his name. I guess I won't give you. Well, his first name was Byron. I love that name. His first name was Byron. And I just loved the guy. But he never cut up in class. Now, I was the class cut up. Can you imagine that? Can you believe that? And so my class got together one day with me and said, Ward, we got to figure out the guy's human. I mean, he never misses any questions on the tests. Um, what is it? Can you get him to goof off? They signed me that, that duty. Can I get Byron to goof off in class? Why me? Well, come on, man. That's your art. That's what you can do. So I went to Byron. And by golly, to cut the short, the story to the, to the point, Byron goofed off in class. The teachers couldn't believe it. And by goofing off, I mean, you know, he threw an eraser with us or he, he did, you know, he did whatever we normally did. Um, we had these lights that had bowls on them and you could chunk a racer up in them and stay there. And after a while, it would, it would smell and nobody would know where the smell came from. Or you could chunk gum up in it. There's a bunch of things you could do just to goof off. He actually did that one day. And the teachers went berserk and figured out right away that who had corrupted old Byron, but old Ward had corrupted him. And we had to be separated, you know, several rows from each other. I always loved the guy. And when I went back a couple of decades later to my high school, there on the wall, indeed, was Byron's name as number one graduate in our class and highest score accomplishments of really many of the classes at the school. So, uh, but you know, the point of the story is it's all about academics and it's, you know, it's all about competing with your letters and your, your, your thinking cap on. And, you know, if you, we have counselors, if you don't feel safe, you know, maybe go see the counselor. Okay. But these far left organizations are jumping all over this. And cause it, I guess they feel like if it, I'm trying to figure it out, if they can get the whole world to buy into them, then they ain't so strange after all. Well, that's not the point. I, I never viewed them as strange. Everybody's strange in some way. I mean, I'm strange. You're strange. Everybody, in some ways, everybody's strange. But all of a sudden, this has become the obsession with this country and particularly this goofy Alachua County Commission. We'll be right back on the Ward Scott Files after a break for our sponsors. And I mean everything I said, and I hopefully uh, you'll take it from the mouth of a guy who got Byron to cut up in school. Be right back. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are On the Spot Dry Cleaners, Okita America Martial Arts, R&R Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, 
You can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Ward Scott Files. And remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. If your brains were lard, you couldn't grease a small frying pan. <laughs> to call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people. Octone, octone. The papers are not in order. Step out of the line and report to the inspection station. You're going to search your belongings. Much now. At Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. Help. Help. Welcome back to Ward Scott Files. Professor Ward Scott here in the Manly Warthog Command Center in Melbourne Law Studio. Uh, there is also another bill that really ought to uh, drive people from the woke side of the uh, aisle crazy. Uh, on the heels of the don't say uh, gay bill, the Florida legislature passed a stop woke act bill. And that's uh, to limit workplaces and classrooms around the state uh, and how, how they discuss critical race theory. Uh, this critical race theory is... Um, you know, once again, I'm not for censorship in any way, shape, or form on this program or anywhere else. Some people have asked me to censor some of the people who may sometimes make crazy remarks. I don't care. You know, that's you all. You all do that. Um, but I do think that there is a time and place for all kinds of things, and sometimes in places are not appropriate, and sometimes in places are. And um, uh, there, there is no reason why a, a theory about uh, uh, it takes place all the time in anthropological classes, um, in anthropology classes. Uh, you can't talk about race, which is DNA. Um, and there's really three, basically three races from which all came, Caucasian, Negro, and Mongoloid. Uh, this is, um, and then everything gets mixed up after that in some proportion. Now, this is the anthropology. Um, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about studying the uh, transitioning of uh, an influence of geography over the formation of DNA and uh, isolation versus travel and immigration and immigration uh, in influencing of DNA. Um, uh, you know, what, why uh, uh, the Slavs are different, you know, uh, from uh, uh, the Africans and, uh, uh, and that and African is also, you have to watch because there are all sorts of different people in Africa, not just Negro, but other uh, in Africa. So it's, um, and even Shakespeare addresses it in uh, Othello. Uh, he, uh, Othello is, uh, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a line in Othello where Desdemona's father complains uh, to uh, Othello's father, as I remember this, uh, your uh, black ram is tupping my white you. Tupping is an interesting word. It's a word for, of course, the F word here. And it's, in, it's a line, as I remember, out of 
So Shakespeare was not afraid to take on any of these issues. He saw them uh, going on uh, all about him and put them into his plays and dramatized them. As I say, the Greeks were not afraid to take them on. Um, but we have not, you know, we, we have taken them on in an irresponsible way. Uh, and what these conversations have lacked is real professionalism. Now, I, I, fault, I, I, fault, I fault the education profession for being unable to certify good minds and attract good minds to education. Um, I, I can give you an example. Now, you know, one of the worst curses on the face of the earth is to be born a doctor's son, okay, and not be smart enough to be a doctor. Uh, that And so what is an acceptable profession for a male son of a physician who's not smart enough to be a physician? Now, I'm going to say it the right way it is. You can flinch all you want to, but I'm going to say it the way it is. Uh, well, is it acceptable for that male son to become a teacher? No, 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 no. What do you suppose is the most acceptable profession for a failed son? By that, I mean failed to live up to the father's intelligence or standards and become an MD. What is the one profession that family will readily accept that male son enter into and not only accept it, but brag about it. It is the law profession to become a liar. So what you will see quite often is many, and, and, and I, I don't, already you have a failed intellect or, or be in medical school, according to the family. So it's a lawyer. But why isn't it a teacher? Why, why not? Why not? I mean, I know teachers, really good ones, who could have gotten into medical school left-handed. It was so easy. But they were committed to the children. Now, you say, where are these people? I can take them and show them to you. And, you know, many people feel that teaching is the real place close to priesthood because the nice thing about teaching is you can't make money off it. Therefore, you're in it for the real reason the real reasons. So somehow the school boards, and if you listen to the conversations, perhaps the unions, and particularly in these big cities, have blocked true calling for this profession because to teach is a calling, all right? Now, people ask me why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. I don't need to do this. I'm retired. I mean, really, I, it's, it's, you know, I don't need to do it. And I get a lot of flack for it, I have trouble getting people to sponsor me and have trouble getting people to come out from their foxholes. And, oh, privately, they call me up. But, oh, man, you know, they're so intimidated. Well, you know, so what? I mean, I didn't bother me. Uh, I keep coming back to this because this is a classroom to me. This is teaching. This is teaching. It's not a talk show host. You know, anybody can, you know, talk and hear his head rattle. Uh, that, that's not the deal. And I don't listen to other talk show hosts. They bore me. I mean, really, they really do bore me ever since the, the king died. That's Russell Limbaugh. I don't listen to anybody. I mean, they're too slow for me. They're not fast enough, you know? So I do listen to great teachers, but I can't find many of them anymore. Um, most of my great teachers have gone, and I, I, I really feel like I was very fortunate to have them. But, you know, so this is just kind of that, you know? And I'm always amused by how, if I turned this whole show into critical race theory, what would you think? 
What would you think? Would you tune in every day to hear me harp on quote unquote critical race theory? If I turned this whole show into transgender rights, would you tune in every day? God, I hope not. I hope not. And if I just come hell or high water, believe that you ought to be able to uh, 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 have your kid exposed to teachers. Uh, hey, that's a pun. Exposed to teachers in the first through third are going to do nothing but teach your kid about look down and see what you got instead of the three R's. If I harped on that every day, as this county commission just did, would you come back? Of course you wouldn't. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't see the issue is corrupting, and I'm going to use the word perverting again, perverting the classroom into a political ideology uh, uh, arena. That's the issue. So it's not what you can talk about. It's not what you can discuss. It's what you can debate. It's what you can critically research and what you have to have some reasonable argumentation to support. I'll go along with that, and then you can have anything in discussion, absolutely anything. I never will forget, you know, and I think I learned a lot from the students. I had a student one time. I used to have all my students read their research papers aloud to their peers, okay, and then defend them. Well, you don't do this until you're in graduate school, but I had them do it in their freshman year. And I remember this kid who did a research on whether or not gay parents could raise a normal child, okay? He picked the subject himself because they could pick their own subjects. I don't know why he picked it, but he was interested in that. Could Tommy and Billy, as man and wife, raise a normal Susie or a normal Johnny without pushing their gay agenda onto that kid? That is a really important question, very important question. And when he got through with the research, he came to me and said, I, 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 you know, I really enjoyed this subject, but I don't know if I should read it to the class because the kids will think that because of what I found, I must be gay too. And I said, hey, man, hey, you just read what you found and defend it with the logic and the documentation. Well, what he found in his research, what Tommy and Johnny, both of whom are gay, can raise a Billy and Billy will be not be gay. And what he found was the most important thing about Tommy and Johnny raising Billy was whether or not the family was filled with love. Okay. Wow. And he thought if he came to that conclusion, that his classmates would think he could only have come to that conclusion because he was like Tommy and Johnny and was gay too. But he wasn't. That's one of the most interesting research papers I can remember the students write. I didn't, you know, I didn't restrict that. I didn't tinker with the conclusion. Why would you? I mean, you're teaching the guy to think. You're teaching the guy to go out and examine. I mean, the whole thing was controversial. So what? But we don't have those type of people in the classroom. I mean, it's sad. I get asked about this all the time. I get parents who call me and say, 
Hey, I'll give you one example, okay? This kid was in fifth grade, I think. Maybe, yeah, somewhere in, in the lower grades. And they were asked to write a paper about something, you know, but a pretty broad subject. And this kid wrote a paper about why he liked Trump. The teacher came along and said, you can't write about that in here. And, and the kid says, well, you know, you said I could write what I wanted to write and I'm writing about it responsibly. Well, you just can't write about that subject. So the parents call me as if I got some magic wand and ask me what I think of that. And I said, I think it's wrong. Given the directions the teacher gave your son, the son could pick the subject and write about it. What the teacher should be doing is teaching the form in which the discussion is taking place, not the subject. Teach the form. Well, I don't know. I, I ran into this kid the other day, of all places, in the gym. He's now in the 11th grade. And I asked the kid, I said, whatever happened to that situation? He said, the teacher got fired. I said, good. That's the way it should have been. That's the way it should have been. So, you know, we're not saying that you can't responsibly hold debates, but that's not what is going on in this country. Let me just give you an example here among, among all my, well, we know it from the laptop deal with those people, um, all the disinformation. Let me just give you a quick one on this. You know, that's not um, the whole, the whole sense when I call today's show, the laptop, it really should be called a laptop from hell. Uh, this woman, Emma Jo Morris, uh, was the uh, uh, political editor who broke the story of Hunter's laptop at, for the New York Post in the fall of 2020, okay? And uh, Biden and his allies quickly discredited the story, saying it had no basis. It was a disinformation campaign from Russia. You see, this is really the same thing that's going on in the classroom, right? And among these who discredited the, the story, now listen, was uh, old pencil neck Adam Schiff. Now that guy is dangerous, okay? Wolf Blitzer, uh, uh, the woman from Russia with love. Throw a picture up there if you can. I, I can't get enough of it. The redhead who now has got COVID, I think, for the second time. Um, uh, finally, there she is. Well, that's that's. Bond's version. We got the White House has got their version. Um, their, 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 their version is um, this woman discredited this story. OK. And now, finally, just in the last few days, The New York Times has finally admitted that the laptop from hell so it was authentic, uh, that Hunter paid an outstanding one million dollar tax bill to the IRS to evade a conviction. Hey, come on. Come on. You know, we got censorship going on in places, uh, you know, where it, it really and it's a crisis of accountability. I mean, that's why we've had to step in and take charge of some things that the professionals in the classroom and the professionals in the newsroom should be taking care of themselves. The only thing I've got going for me in this thing I'm doing now is whether you trust me or not or whether I tell you the truth. Um, this is a. Uh, and the power we have is pretty awesome. You know, uh, we've got a story which we just posted uh, on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. Our election investigation 
conducted by our great investigator, instigator, Mark Glazier, has now been picked up nationally, my friends, nationally by Politico and Newsmax. Meanwhile, nothing local has picked it up. The Gainesville Sunset hasn't done it. The Lachlan County today hasn't done it. They should be whooped for not doing it. It's right in their backyard. Um, Channel 20 hasn't done it. Ward Scott Files did it. And now Newsmax has it and Politico has it. And guess what? We have an election crimes division coming out of Tallahassee. Wow. So what we do is powerful. Um, you remember in 2000 that there was a well-timed report by old Gore, you know, old climate change Gore of a decades old driving under the influence arrest of uh, George Bush. Um, you remember that? And, and uh, um, what we're calling this laptop now by <coughs> uh, Biden is the October surprise. Um, um, the New York Post discovered this laptop belonged to Biden and the goofball left it in the pawn shop. Um, it never received wide uh, consideration. It never received any, uh, it was squashed. Um, it was all about the next president, oh, Uncle Joe, selling his high-level family political connections to foreigners, ah, including a possible cut to old Joe himself. Ah, you think that's outside the realm of possibility? Uh, this is what was squashed, this story. Uh, the Times essentially ignored the story. Uh, but now, after the election, of course, it now authenticates the story. But they trashed the story at the time. What do you think that's all about? Huh? What do you think? What do you think has happened in the classroom? And what do you think has happened in the newsroom is people have stopped looking for the truth. They have become advocates of a political ideology in the newsroom. They will cover up a story knowing it has all sorts of validity to it. And in the classroom, they will pervert what the classroom should be about, learning your letters and your numbers. Um, it, it's just, it's just, and now you have to really wonder if the corruption, and many people do think it's all through the U.S. Intelligence Bureau, because those suckers were in on this as well. They were in on it with Trump. They were in on it with Biden. They prostituted their credentials. Um, they really participated in political hackery. Um, this is a term is from Gerald Baker. He he thinks that the our intelligence agencies have been perverted. He says prostituted. That's an interesting word. Perverted, prostituted. I don't. I guess prostitution is perversion. Um, yeah. Well, real perversion is much more serious than prostitution. I would say. But anyway. Uh, I would say perverted their credentials uh, for political hackery and so far has lost their accountability and their trust quotient. Isn't that something that resonates with you? It does with me. Um, this is, uh, 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 it's almost 18 months 
since uh, the Times covered this story up or since the Post ran it first, that finally the Times, which is a, believe me, a far left organization, okay? I mean, it, it, it exists inside of wokedom. Let me see what kind of comments coming in here uh, about this. This is where this is where we are right now. Um, this is what's happening in the country. Um, so um, this is the laptop from hell. Um, it is. It always has been a, a significant story, and it's all about the timing and when it was released and who covered it up and why they covered it up and what the consequences are of the cover up. Um, the Yale Law School. I ran across this in my research. Uh, unfortunately, uh, this is going on in such hallowed halls as Yale Law School. Um, there is a story that's coming from, uh, I think it's NPR. Let me take a look at where I sourced this. Um, it's a Washington Telegram. Um, on March 10th, Christian Wagoner, who is an attorney at Alliance Defending Freedom, and Monica Miller of the American Humanist Association attended a bipartisan panel on civil liberties. And this event was hosted by the Yale Federal Society. Um, and the first, uh, as Kate Steith, the, the First Amendment law professor at Yale attempted to introduce Wagoner, students began yelling and shouting at her. And uh, finally, over 100 shouted her down as, she, as Wagner ex attempted to speak, calling out her support of women in athletics and smearing her reputation. Now, this is at Yale Law School, right? Uh, you would think that uh, uh, Dr. Johnny, whose son is not smart enough to go to Yale Medical School, but can get into Yale Law School, would nevertheless be proud of his son, Billy, let's just make up names here, for going to Yale Law School, which is, of course, is down the intelligent quotient totem pole from medical school. So what does a, a, a doctor, the doctor's son run into at Yale Law School? Childish behavior of stifling dissent and views that are different from that which are the current fad. So this woman wanted to support biological women in athletics and ended up uh, getting smeared. Uh, the Alliance Defending Freedom represents female track athletes in a lawsuit that hopes to protect women's sports from unfair competition. Wagner has argued this in front of the Supreme Court twice. Instead of the students admiring Wagner's accomplishment, they were scared of her views and didn't want her to speak. Now, eventually, get this now, eventually the cops had to escort Wagner out and Miller out of the building. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? It ain't no different over here at the University of Florida. All law, law, law professors over there, exception of one, as I've said before, he may be retired, are liberals. This Joe Little had the craziest letter to the editor in the paper the other day. This guy is a god to the liberals. He screwed up the Charter Review Committee twice. They put the dude on there, not once, but twice in 10 minutes increments. 
I was thinking maybe he would have ridden into the great beyond and not been a, around in mortality for the second tour of duty. He's the only one they put on that charter review committee. Get this now, friends. Charter review committee twice. And why do you think they put him on there? Because he could wreck any conversations about single-member districts single-handedly, and he did. Okay? Well, where do you think he comes from? He comes not only from the University of Florida Law School, which is liberal, but he comes from the most liberal part of the University of Florida Law School. And some of these words which are used, you know, you think about to whom they might apply. Bullying, physical in in intimidation, uh, which has all replaced civic, uh, civil discourse and logic and persuasion. You know, I'm going to conclude with this. I think I've got time to do it. Uh, I may not have time to do it. Um, I want to have time to do it, though. This is a um, Clarence Thomas. You know what he's come out for? He has come out and he says what this country lacks is uh, manners. Manners. Manners, manners, manners. Politeness. Just boil it down to that. Just listening till the others finish speaking, speaking with restraint. You know, that's the way it is. I agree with him. I agree with him. We don't have them. We had them in the South. The South got besmirched. Uh, I remember one time, I'll conclude with this story. I was on a bus in New York City on Central Park in that area. And um, sat down next to a lady. She recognized me as from the South right away. She said, oh, you're from the South. I can hear your accent. I didn't know I had one. And um, I said, yeah, yes. And, you know, I said, I told her I was and whatnot. And, and, and uh, she believed that manners were a way of trying to cajole people into giving you, uh, being, you being able to get their money. In other words, if you were polite to people, have a nice day and all this stuff or whatever, you're really just trying to get their money. She viewed manners as a corruption of human intercourse. She viewed it was all mercantile. She was a New Yorker. There you are. Well, that's it for today. Have a great day. Warhol Command Center out.